I'm getting a crazy idea. You got to give it up. My name is Trevor. I am the host of The Weekly. The Weekly is a podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. And today I have with me Adam Kyle Cooper. That was very formal of you. <laughs> so I have two questions for you. Okay. First, do you remember the 90s TV show Hanging with Mr. Cooper? I never watched it. Really? I was a um, Mr. Rogers fan. The guy with the sweater. Okay. You, you don't have to clarify who Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers is. And Mr. Rogers and Mr. Cooper are hardly a one for one. It's mutually exclusive. It's Clemson and USC. Like, you had to pick a side. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, second question. All right. Um, <laughs> Mr. Rogers. The one with the sweater. That's who it's... I identify more with than the person with my last name. It's the guy who That's funny. plays with puppets and wears sweaters. <laughs> yeah. You do look great in a cardigan. Thank you. Um, so the second question is, Adam Kyle Cooper, did you have trouble with the K and the C, both making the K sound? When I was a kid? Yeah, because you have Kyle and Cooper. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think so. I've you... always imagined that my, I, I've always dreamed of going like the J.K. Rowling route, like A.K. Cooper, if I ever wrote a book, which I'll never do, but. If you were to write a book on Mr. Rogers, presumably, <laughs> you could write it as A.K. Cooper. That's a, that's a thing now. It's like, he's, he's really in right now. Wasn't there like a Netflix special about him? Well, I think there's all of the things, like TV shows, Tom Hanks is doing a movie. As he's going to be Mr. Rogers? He's playing Mr. Rogers. Oh, man, that'd be great. But hasn't he also, he's played like Walt Disney, mm-hmm. he's played Mr. Rogers, he's played, uh, who was the guy who landed the plane? Sully? From what? In the Hudson River. Uh, and he's also played... A very bad history. Teacher. He played Captain Phillips? Yeah, that's true. There's... He's the biopic guy. Who hasn't Tom Hanks played? I'll be really impressed when, when he plays like Jimi Hendrix. Come, come at me then, Tom Hanks. Amelia Earhart. That's his <laughs> next one. Excellent. So uh, tonight uh, we're going to be discussing um, the, the, the habit of looking backwards and, and reviewing uh, your year and looking ahead to the next year. It's appropriate time of year to do this kind of thing. Uh, it is currently within the first week of January. And so it's a really appropriate time for us to take a look at the year that's passed, 2018, and take a look at some of the things that we resolve to do and evaluate how well we performed in those areas, take a look back at some of the things that we loved, and then maybe take a look back at some of the things that we didn't love but uh, had lessons for us. And and we're going to kind of reflect on those things together. And then we're going to look ahead. We're going to look at 2019. We're going to talk about any resolutions that we might have um, and then talk about some things that we are looking forward to in 2019. Uh, Now, it's, it's... my conviction that um, I'm kind of a planner and maybe a little bit of a starter, not always one who finishes things, but I, I think it's really good and helpful to evaluate and strategize. And uh, this is just a really easy time of the year to do that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Now, Adam, you used to be kind of a Scrooge McDuck when it came to resolutions. Yeah, I used to think that New Year's resolutions particularly were gimmicks and fads. And I just thought about the people who would be in the gym on like January 2nd. And then not be there February 2nd. Why? Don't make this personal. <laughs> There's just something about New Year's resolutions that I thought just limited itself to people making these big promises to themselves that they would not follow through on. And I just thought, why would I want to be a part of that? But then actually you uh, preached a sermon about about the need for resolutions. And um, 
what you made me realize is the Christian life needs to be an examined life. And this is just a very appropriate time to examine how we spent our time and energy the year before and how we can make attainable goals for the next year to improve ourselves. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and there's some important pitfalls, you know, to be aware of. Like one of the one of the constant dangers, and, and I feel like I'm talking about this all the time, maybe because it's so, um, I don't know, like near to the surface for me, but the temptation to perform always or the temptation mm-hmm. to want to be, a, to, to kind of have a certain image or a certain brand. And if resolutions for you are about shaping your brand, um, you know, for the sake of, of likes or whatever it might be, then that, 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 can, that can typically be a sign that you don't have the best of uh, intentions and re- or, or reasons behind. That's a good point. If your goal is so that you can look back at the end of the year and brag about how you kept your, your resolution, it's probably not the best place to start. Yeah, but, but if anybody can be behind um, self-improvement, in a, in, in, to an extent, I mean, if anybody, can, if anybody can be in favor of growth and change and examining your life, it's Christian. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, so um, 2018, Adam, did you make any 2018 resolutions? I did make some 2018 resolutions. In, in 2018, I tried to be very careful to do specific, measurable, and attainable goals, and I failed every single one. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that's well, that's helpful. So that, that can also be a pitfall when it comes to making resolutions, mm-hmm. is making kind of uh, these kind of vague, well-wishing sort of resolutions instead of having concrete, um, clear objectives and clear strategies for accomplishing those objectives. Right. And, and objectives that are realistic for you. Exactly. Like some people would say, uh, I want to be better about devotions as a resolution. Whereas what I tried to do was say, particularly with family devotions, one of my resolutions last year was, I want to pray with my wife before going to bed uh, five times a week. So I tried to make it attainable to where there's going to be a night where you don't achieve that. I still failed. <laughs> yeah. I tried to be more thoughtful in the resolution. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I... I I think my big one last year was um, primarily around reading. I wanted to, I, I wanted to read a book a week. And um, how'd you do that? I, I did it. I, I, I achieved, you know, my goal. But the one of the things that I noticed, one of the things that I've resolved this year in 2019, was the the pressure, um, like the pressure to to feel the need to like check off the box mm. on the list, like to make progress on the list. Um, was it forced me to read too quickly and there was some stuff that I needed to read more slowly mm. and more carefully but I kind of felt the pressure of the ticking clock mm. so that's a good point um, you had told me earlier in the year that you had allotted an hour a day to read and that you were actually going faster than you had scheduled on your books did you keep doing that the rest of the year no I mean it, it's it's just difficult it's it's just difficult to Gosh, twenty minutes a day to, to reserve twenty <laughs> minutes a day for anything. Amen. So typically, I would I would read, you know, maybe ten minutes before going to bed, um, and then fortunately, you know, by God's grace and because of the way our our church is is, is arranged, I can actually spend a lot of my like working hours reading. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'll study for for a sermon, but I'll also do some reading that supplements what the commentaries are saying, mm-hmm. or I can do some reading around like a leadership book or whatever. So I, I've got a little bit more margin to do some reading, you know, within my work hours than, you know, many folks would. So I was able to devote, you know, if I didn't get 20 minutes in before bed, I I would have, you know, gotten an hour or two in. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do about lunch. your 2019 resolutions to prevent that box checking tendency of yours? I'm gonna. I'm going to. I'm still gonna hold out a book a week as a 
um, as a measurable, but I'm, I'm not going to feel so burdened to, to beat it and maybe kind of hold it out graciously just mm-hmm. as a, um, just to have a target on the wall. Um, but one thing in particular that I want to do is read poetry. Um, I, I read a book this past year. It was one of my favorite books that I read um, called Why Johnny Can't Preach. I had to read it for seminary. Have you read that? Yeah. So basically the, the, the premise of the book is everyone is terrible at preaching. Even the, even the best of you, you're really not good at preaching. And um, I feel that truth. <laughs> Wait, why not, is not this about you. <laughs> uh, um, and and he, he compares like a lot of the modern sermons with like guys like Jonathan Edwards or even even Charles Spurgeon, and there's just a very different quality to their teaching. Hmm. Uh, and what he attributes that to he is the the media ecology. He basically says we watch way too much junk food and we do everything way too fast. Yeah. And so to improve as a preacher, his basically his two recommendations are handwrite letters hmm. so that you can practice slow, thoughtful composition, and read poetry so that you can practice slow, thoughtful intake, reading hmm. intake that's required for good Bible reading. So, um, so I'm going to try and read poetry this year. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot and try to develop. I mean, I don't do anything um, slow. Unfortunately, and, and I'm just trying to, to learn that habit of being slower, being more patient, and reading poetry is going to be one way that I... I feel I like it's so against the American way, just to, to intentionally slow down. What kind of poetry are you going to read? Um, so I was recommended Gerard Manley Hopkins. I have no idea who that is. He's a poet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he, uh, a Christian poet from the 19th century. I was recommended him, uh, and George Herbert is another, from a similar era, another Christian poet. Um... And I'm also going to try. It's not it's not poetry necessarily, but um, it requires attentive reading. But I'm going to try to read some Shakespeare this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you make an interesting point. Some of my favorite authors, like Christian authors, were also are, are poetic. John Piper writes poetry. Mm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote poetry. Yeah. Well, it, it requires a certain um, I don't know, just a certain gift set, an ability to speak to the heart and the imagination, mm-hmm. um, it, to kind of. Um, to tell it slant is the way one author hmm. says that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to give that a try. That's one of my 2019 resolutions in light of my 2018 resolutions. Um, so what are some things that you loved about 2018? Okay. So 2018, uh, it feels like three years in one year. Um, at the very beginning of 2018, I wrote a book called Practicing Affirmation. Uh, and the premise of the book is every failing relationship one way or another is failing because of a lack of affirmation in that relationship. And the particular point that stood out to me was every time you criticize someone, uh, you are withdrawing more from the account than you deposit when you encourage. Hmm. And so um, the ratio needs to be about a 10 to 1 ratio of 10 to 1 encouraging to 1 um, criticizing. And that really convicted me because I realized I had been criticizing my wife offhandedly more than I thought I was. And so I really made an effort that year to affirm and encourage her as much as I could. Um, so I, I happened to, uh, the night of this recording, I happened to spend the morning with Adam and his wife and I probably heard them say, I appreciate the fact that you, <laughs> if I heard it once, I heard it 25 times. It's good to know. Morning. I didn't so, even notice that. Yeah. So there, um, I'm affirming you in your affirmation. And I feel affirmed and our relationship <laughs> is thriving as a result. Indeed. Uh, I'd say some of the things that I love from 2018, um, I read Return of the King, which is the third book in the Lord of the Rings. Had you never read it before? I had I know I had not really? ever read it before. Yeah, okay. It was wonderful. Don't I'd you re- love I, when Aragorn like heals his people? I just love all of the parts of all of it. Um, that that was one thing that I loved. Another thing I loved was um, a, a really helpful little book called "The Life We Never Expected" by Andrew and Rachel Wilson. 
Um, they have two severely autistic children. Mm. And the book is basically a lament and reflection on the fact that they've been given a life that they didn't want. Mm. Um, and one of the things that makes it so powerful is it doesn't have some kind of rosy ending. Mm. It's, it's not like, now here's five steps for how you can have a great life, too. It's, it's just kind of an honest reflection on having a life that you didn't want. What's that called? The life that you, we never expected. Interesting. I read a book called The Lucky Few, and it's kind of the opposite take. They, uh, a couple were adopting because of infertility issues. Um, they would have never expected to adopt a child with Down syndrome. Eventually did, and at the end of it, considered themselves the lucky few to have experienced that and hmm. what God was teaching them. So that's hmm. interesting. Hmm. Um, I, something else that I loved in 2018 was um, in February of last year, my wife and I went and saw Snarky Puppy in Nashville. Nice. So Snarky Puppy is like a... It's like a funk jazz fusion band, um, and we spent a couple of days away together, and that was just fun. It was mm-hmm. just pure fun. Just uh, Emily and I going to a concert, eating Hattie B's hot chicken in Nashville. Um, we just had a blast. Does Emily like Snarky Puppy? Oh, yeah. She loves it. She's, it. The concert was so much fun, and, and interestingly, we ran into people from this area. <laughs> it's just how it always works. Um, anything else that you loved in 2018? Uh, I discovered podcasts. Um, so I was... Uh, I don't know, like the 10 millionth person to listen to Serial and then realize, oh, podcasts are actually pretty great. <laughs> and uh, what what I started doing was listening to podcasts while doing chores and things around the house. And that made me start enjoying those chores because they began to be like invigorated for me instead of things I had to do. Now, you know, I, I haven't read this book, but I was recently listening to a podcast about a book. It's getting so meta <laughs> right now. Uh, but one of the things that he talked about was in developing good habits uh, a guy named James Clear, he wrote the book Atomic Habits. And he says that you're, it, when you develop good habits, one of the key things you want to do with the habit is to make it attractive. Mm. By, if there's some habit that you want to cultivate, incorporate some something that you enjoy within that. Interesting. So, so like if you have like a, a serial, like a podcast like that, say, my rule is I'm only going to listen to this when I do the dishes. Yeah. And you'll be shocked at how many dishes you get done. That's, and that's basically what it is. If, if I want to start listening to podcasts, I find chores to do around the house. Yeah, that's great. I do that with uh, cutting grass and mm-hmm. blowing leaves. Mm-hmm. So uh, what about lessons in 2018? Lessons in 2018. This kind of is a jumping point from the podcast, but um, I learned in 2018 that uh, I had some tendencies to insist on my own rights in marriage and think about like, well, I'll serve 50% of the way if you meet me 50%. Mm-hmm. What I really focused on in 2018 uh, was just to, to serve Katie as much as I could uh, in any area that I could without worrying about if my rights were being met at the same time. And then as that happened, that those things then began to be a joy to me. Hmm, that's good. Um, I'd say for me, uh, the, the two, I think, big lessons, I mean, 2018 was just a, a full year. Um, a lot of really challenging things, some challenging things in our church. Um, my, my wife and I, our, our second son, had open-heart surgery in July, which was, we spent 10 days in Charleston, and that was, a, that was a difficult ordeal. In October, we had our third baby, a little girl. Um, and so it was just full of uh, challenges and uh, difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, I, I think kind of the macro lesson that I learned was the need to take responsibility and to not um, resent Mm-hmm. Uh, the situations that I find myself in, that mm-hmm. the Lord places me in, that I and my negligence and stupidity put myself in, um, but to take responsibility, to take ownership of, of where I find myself, and that's the that's the path to um, the path to wisdom and to um, maintaining sanity hmm. in the face of chaos. Hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it's well said. That kind of feels a little esoteric or whatever, but yeah, just the the, the call to take responsibility and how quick I am to um, reject responsibility in favor of passivity mm-hmm. um, as the road less, road less traveled, as Robert Frost, the poet, once wrote. <laughs> <clears throat> it's already happening. Um, yeah. Anything else? Any other? 2018 lessons you want to add? Um, so in 2018, Katie and I began the adoption process, and there's been a ton of lessons that I learned within that. The, the number one thing has probably just been I was hesitating because of a lack of faith. Uh, there's questions like, can does it fit our budget? Uh, do we have enough time? Things. There's so many decisions we haven't made, and God is just every single step of the way just provided exactly what we needed in that moment. And He didn't necessarily provide what we needed six months from now, but He provided each day what we hmm. needed. And 2018... It's probably one of the hardest years of my life that I've experienced. There's just been a lot of stuff that's happened. But with that, God has shown me that he deserves my faith more than he has in any other year of my life. Hmm. That's right on. I would say something very similar. Just the his grace and his mercies that are new each morning. Now looking ahead to 2019, um, do you have any 2019 resolutions? I don't have any well thought out one. I have one. Uh, and I need to, so last week I spent kind of evaluating 2018 and I've tasked our community group guys with coming with some resolution prepared. The only one I have right now that's concrete is I want to create biblical family God-centered traditions. So I was convicted on Christmas Day uh, where we didn't really have any family traditions yet. We went to my mom's for part of the day and then, then my wife's family, but we didn't have anything we did like reading the gospel story. And I was just convicted that every major holiday where we do something, I want some kind of God-centered tradition that we create this year. That's good. Um, have you thought about? Um, do, do you have any like plans for, say, Easter, which is you know a couple of weeks? So, uh, it's in a couple of weeks. It's in April. It's January. That's a <laughs> it's a weeks. couple of months, maybe. Um, you, I was actually nervous for a second that Easter was in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, I don't. So I've thought about what would I do for Easter. I don't, I'm not sure yet. Um, I mean, reading the resurrection accounts an easy thing. Um, Something that could be fun to do with kids. I don't know. Um, when I was a kid, like I think we tried to look for Jesus or something like that. I don't know if that's what I would want to do. Um, and say, so, like, he's not here because he's Yeah, risen. he's risen, yeah, kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I'm thinking that. I really want to, as a family, do Advent next year. Like, once a week, actually light the candles and things like that. That's cool. You know, I, I found that the more tactile, the, the kids love it. Like, any kind of... Um, uh, which is one of the reasons why it's so great to do communion with with kids in the room is because kids kids kind of need those tactile kind of tangible um, uh, you know visible illustrations of the broken body and, and shed blood. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, I'd say for me, uh, one of my resolutions. I already mentioned that I want to read slower and more carefully, and in particular, incorporate poetry into my reading. Um, another is I'm no social media for 2019. Really. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Um, What's your reason for that? Social media appeals to the noisiest parts of my heart, and uh, I just don't need that temptation. Um, also, the, social media is just like predisposed to amplifying the voice of the noisiest people, um, and um, it's tempting to think that the way that noisy people see the world is the way that the world actually is, and I just don't. I just, hmm. I, I just, I don't need, I don't need the noise. The so you want to focus more on where you are in reality, not yeah, necessarily 100%. be yeah. angry at the abstract. Yeah, angry of that thing that's happening in Montana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm, that's that's for me. Like if mm-hmm. if you are 
Um, I, I'm not saying anything about social media, but that's just where I am. That's I don't need to be on it for that reason. And I'll I'll reevaluate. You know, maybe 2020, I'll I'll decide that Twitter was you know helpful and necessary. But at this point, we're going to go for a year and and see how it goes. How do you come up with your resolutions? Like, how do you decide what areas you need to resolve for? Like, do you have categories or what? Yeah, um, I mean, I think about I think about the things that I'm on the hook for, mm. like. I am a father, I'm a husband, I'm a pastor, uh, you know, on them. Mm-hmm. I'm a student, you know, whatever. And just kind of think through those categories and, and just examine the ways in which I, you know, maybe, maybe performed well in those areas and maybe not so well. Um, and talk to Emily, I, you know, see, I see like what are, what are some of the things that she seems to be noticing, hmm. tendencies that I have that maybe I can address. Um, yeah. I don't, that's that's not really a good answer, but no, I think it's, it's helpful. Do you mind me asking? So, as a husband, for that category, what's your resolution? Um, so, we're Emily and I are going to sit down on Thursday, and we we're going on a date, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go grab some Thai food, and we're gonna think through like what our family, what like what are what are the values of our family, and what's the most important thing for us in this next season, hmm. this next three to four months. Um, so, yeah. It's also one of the things that I'm really excited about doing in 2019 is is determining like who are we as a family, what's our what's our culture as a family, and uh, going from there. What about you? What are you excited about this year? What am I excited about? Um, I'm excited about I think creating some routines and getting some some structure involved just with daily life to better I guess enhance how I can be in each category of life. I'm also excited um, about. So we're kind of like trying to tighten the the belt around our budget, and so one of the, the strategies I'm going to have is to do less quantity of going out to eat, but more quality. And so I'm really trying to amp up in 2019 uh, dates that I go on with Katie, and really like put some like forethought and planning into that. And so I'm excited to see what happens with that. That's great. Cool. Well, dude, thank you so much for your time and for reflecting out loud on 2018 and looking ahead at 2019 and. You know, hopefully provide some valuable insights for our listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, if you would subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast, and be sure to rate and leave reviews for us. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.